What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Football 24-7 with John McMullen, a special 15-minute broadcast across the Jacob Media Sports Radio Network. Johnny Mac, the day, the time has finally arrived. The trade has finally concluded where Carson Wentz is no longer officially a Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah, pretty amazing, Krause, where we've come in really 20 months since uh, the Eagles signed Carson Wentz to an extension, a four-year, $128 million extension, the most guaranteed money at that point in NFL history. Uh, so that basically tells you this is our guy. This is going to be the starting quarterback of Philadelphia Eagles for hopefully the next decade. And it just didn't work out that way. And here we are, uh, snowing in the Delaware Valley, Seems like Groundhog Day, but it finally happened. And it, it kind of finally happened because the market just wasn't there for Carson Wentz after he derailed from a performance standpoint in, in the 2020 season. And we've talked a lot on, on football 24-7 on the various platforms about Chris Ballard, Indian, Indianapolis GM, very shrewd guy, um, wasn't going to overpay. And he kind of knew Krause, he drew the inside straight because Carson wanted to be there. Frank Reich is there. Press Taylor is now there, his good friend. Um, he trusts Frank. Uh, and he made it very clear through his representatives, the Tolner brothers, that that's where he wanted to play. Chicago was interested, probably would have given up a first round pick, uh, but he just didn't want to play there. And he made it clear to the Bears. So at that point, the Chicago said, we can't give you that for a guy who doesn't want to be here. So it was one team and the Eagles end up getting a third round pick this year in a conditional second round pick in 2022 that can turn into a first round pick if Carson plays 75% of the snaps or 70% and the Colts make the playoffs next season. And, and by the way, Joe, if, if they make the playoffs and Carson's playing well, they'll gladly give up a first-round pick because it'll be in the 20s. So it's a great deal for Indianapolis, and the Eagles kind of maximize what they could get in this market, which wasn't what anybody envisioned and, and wasn't the position they wanted to be in, if you're being completely honest. John, let's talk about the money Help me help the listening audience understand the magnitude of the dollars and the dead cap and and everything that is involved in this, because at the end of the day, that contract is still a staggering amount uh, of money that, as you mentioned, Carson signed not too long ago. Yeah, and it's staggering really from Philadelphia's standpoint. It's not staggering from Indianapolis's standpoint because the Eagles have paid so much money on, on it uh, so far. So basically we've talked about this number a lot, $33.8 million, uh, which is the dead money that Jeffrey Lurie will be incurring for trading Carson Wentz. Now, a couple things. R- remember, that money's already out the door. 
So it's just uh, from a bookkeeping standpoint, it hurts you from a cap reality and the fact that this is the first time the NFL salary cap is going down due to the pandemic. So that further hamstrung, uh, hamstrung the Eagles a little bit. Uh, but from the precedent standpoint, and this is the difficult part for Jeffrey Lurie, and I try to explain this to people, understand how precedents work in professional sports. And uh, it's basically uh, uh, about timing and things go up incrementally. And if you look at the dead money record, it was once 21 million for Brandon Cook. Then it was 21.8 million for Antonio Brown. And then it just recently went up to 22.2 million for Jared Goff, the same player that was picked ahead of Carson Wentz in that 2016 draft. Now it's 33.8 million. So you can see they exploded that record, exploded it. They didn't want to do it. I guarantee you, uh, Jeffrey Lurie's peers, his fellow owners, do not like it. Because now uh, other players will say, hey, Philadelphia did it. Why can't you do it? So that, that, that is a very astute point by you. The Eagles were not only trading the player. They were trading this contract. They were trading this dead money. And that's why the value comes down uh, a little bit. And, and, you know, talk of two first-round picks, it was never going to happen. Just, just wasn't going to happen. John, who who really was holding all of the cards in this poker match? Because I almost feel as though at the end, right up until the point that the deal was made, the guy holding all the cards was Carson Wentz. Well, he had a big party. He had more leverage than people understood because I got a lot from fans during this process. Who cares what Carson wants? Carson wants, uh, just trade him. Just trade him for the most value. Just trade him for, to the Bears for that first round pick. Uh, and what I, what I try to explain is, is the fact that that first round pick from the Chicago Bears didn't exist unless Carson Wentz was willing uh, to go to Chicago, embrace Chicago, want to be there. Because think of it from Ryan Pace, that's their GM, and Matt Nagy, their head coach. Think about it from their standpoint. Um, they don't want a guy who doesn't want to be there. So when Carson made it clear that it was Indianapolis for him or bust, so to speak, um, it hurt the Eagles. There's no question about it. And the fact that he didn't want to go to Chicago and made it clear he didn't want to go to Chicago was part of that inside straight. I said that was dealt to Chris Ballard. He knew that. Chris Ballard knew it. He's negotiating with the same agent. He understands that Chicago's not really in this, despite uh, the talk uh, uh, in the media and the rumors around the league. Chris Ballard knew better than anybody else that Chris Carson Wentz wanted to be in Indianapolis. And he knew he had all the leverage. And to be honest, he probably um, gave the Eagles more than he had to uh, with that conditional second-round pick that could have turned into a first. He probably could have made it just a second-round pick and really played hardball. But 
he put those sort of safety nets, as I mentioned, if Carson performs and the Colts make the playoffs, he has no problem giving up a pick in the 20s. That's fair value, and that's sort of the relationship you have as a fellow general manager. You're willing to give up uh, some value if if a player performs, and, and that sort of keeps the goodwill, so to speak. Colts uh, and Chris Ballard did a, a tremendous job here, and he had every advantage, and he, and he took advantage of that. And you expect GMs to do that. Football 24-7 with John McMullen. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You'll find John McMullen all over the dial, all over the digital landscape. You'll hear a lot on his radio show coming up on Saturday on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, Extending the Play. Don't miss that one hour, 60 minutes uh, of the story. John, I'm sure we'll be talking about the Wentz trade uh, to the Colts uh, for, uh, oh, at least the next month or two months or so before we get into draft talk, and then we'll talk about Carson again. And I almost feel as though with that statement, not a lot has changed for the Eagles because it was evident Carson wasn't coming back. Now, maybe this ultimately will affect, well, I guess this ultimately will affect what they do because the next question is, is Jalen Hurts the starter? Yeah, and I, I think it is. It puts in play quarterback at number six overall. Uh, and remember, the Eagles now have added draft capital. So it's always about uh, evaluation with players, Krause. So, uh, I mean, if they look at Justin Fields, for instance, and they say, well, this guy's got a chance to be a superstar quarterback in this league, you almost have to do everything you can to try to get that player. So he's unlikely to fall to six, but maybe you could move up to three or four uh, and, and are able to draft him. You know, I, I go back to 2016 when the Eagles got Carson Wentz. And, and one thing Howie Roseman said, when you're up this high in the draft, you have to take advantage of it when it comes to the quarterback position. So they're in that same, they're, they're in that same position, not quite as high, but in a similar spot. And they didn't want it. They didn't want to have to turn it over this quickly, but they have to, and they have to look at that's the most important position. We all understand that, and you have to take advantage if you're up there. So, if they like Justin Fields, if they like Trey Lance, you almost have to take a quarterback, Krause. Nothing against Jalen Hurts, but he was the 53rd pick in the draft for a reason. He doesn't have the skill set of those guys who are expected to go in the top ten. So. It completely changes the landscape of the draft. And, you know, for Carson Wentz, I do want to say one thing, Krause, and that, you know, if you go back to 2017 and you go back to 11-2, and two, he got this team the number one seed. So at the end of the day, while people have tremendous angst and it didn't work out for as long as we expected, hey, first Lombardi trophy in franchise history. He was a big part of that. John, I am so, when I listen to your thoughts and comments and then your reference there about Jalen Hurts and who he is uh, as a quarterback, I still find myself confused because now I ultimately wonder, well, why did they fire Doug Peterson? 
Was it because they knew Carson Wentz we'd ultimately get to this point? I don't think they fired Doug Peterson because of Carson Wentz. Uh, I, I think it was pretty clear. Remember, if you go back to after the season, uh, the assumption was how he, how he did his season-ending press conference right next to Doug on Zoom. The assumption was that Doug would be back as the head coach of this team. And then as he continued to have his season-ending meetings for Jeffrey Glory, he put together his plan for moving forward. A big part of that plan was elevating Press Taylor to offensive coordinator, elevating Matt Burke to defensive coordinator. Jeffrey did not like that. And I think his plans of the coaching staff and how he, he wanted to move forward in that part of this equation was ultimately what got him fired. And I, I think that was a mistake by Jeffrey Lurie. And the assumption that he, he fired him to, to – move things over to the Carson Wentz was never true. And that was made clear by the fact that, look, Carson Wentz wanted out because he was upset at the organization. Now, he was upset about Car- uh, about Doug Peterson benching him. No question about that. But that's part of the organization. And it wasn't just Doug Peterson. He was upset at Howie Roseman. He was upset at Jeffrey Lurie. And we are where we are. And that's with Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Last thought from John McMullen here on Football 24-7. We promised you 15 minutes of reaction from John McMullen. You'll get a lot more throughout the day and the rest of the week into the weekend. And then in the foreseeable future, we'll continue uh, to talk about Carson Wentz now being traded uh, and reuniting uh, with Frank Reich in Indianapolis. The winner, John, who's the winner? Who's the loser? Um is it the Colts and Carson? The Eagles are the stone loser. How do you see it? Well, I, I think you have to look at uh, as far as the actual trade. I mean, certainly Indianapolis got the better of it uh, because they do have all the precautions in place. Uh, um, and, hey, uh, we mentioned the contract and the Eagles were trading not only the player but also the contract. And that. Uh, took down the value of it, and Jeffrey Lurie has to eat that $33.8 million, has to set a precedent he didn't uh, want to have to set. Uh, so it basically came down to the very end where everyone knew the page had to be turned. The Eagles did the best they could, uh, but the best they could is a far cry from where we are. As, as I said 20 months ago, they – they declared Carson Wentz the face of this franchise, the starting quarterback for the next decade, and it just didn't work out when they signed that extension. And if Jalen Hurts is not your franchise quarterback and the trade now opens up um, draft conversation about drafting your next franchise quarterback and you've spent a hundred plus million 20 months ago to sign your franchise quarterback fire your Super Bowl winning head coach and ultimately blow up the franchise uh, to start all over again man John I've got to tell you that is very very hard uh, to understand why like I don't get it dude yeah, I, I mean, a lot of people are at that position, and and you you talk about the recent history and how how things quickly move, and 
we we often joke about the lifetime dispensation card that Doug Peterson earned by winning a Super Bowl. Turned out it could last three years, uh, a three calendar years. So, yeah, things move quickly. But from the Eagles' standpoint, you have to look at it as if you make a mistake, what's what's the first step to, to solving it? And that's admitting it. And they admitted it today. Uh, and now they're moving forward. And, and Jeffrey himself has used the term transition to describe this team because nobody wants to use the term rebuild. Uh, but, you know, maybe having a young coaching staff grow with a young roster can turn this entire thing over. Um, maybe that's the way to go. Maybe it works out, but it's certainly the Eagles' plan. And they basically said, we made a mistake. we got to move on. Uh, and that's what they did today. John, one last thing before I let you go. If you could summarize for everybody listening in to Football 24-7 right now, the crux of the deal, uh, the deal of the trade um, and the language and some of the logistics of the contract um, as it stands right now, to the best of your knowledge, as you know it. Well, I think the key part is the future potential first-round pick from the Eagles' perspective. And again, that that comes into play if Carson Wentz is successful in Indianapolis. And that's the safety guard Chris Ballard put in from the Colts' standpoint. And uh, if he plays 75% of the snaps or 70% in the Colts make the playoffs, the Eagles get a first-round pick. Uh, as I said, uh, if the Colts are a playoff team, they'll gladly hand over a pick in the 20s to the Eagles for that type of quarterback play, uh, because that's what you're looking for in this league. And um, from that standpoint, it's a little bit disappointing, I think, for the Eagles that they couldn't get a little bit more than that. Uh, but the crux of it, Krause, comes down to the the Colts gave Carson went three months to prove he's a starting quarterback because if he plays the way he played this season and the Colts are a bad football team, they're just going to bench him and not give that first round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. So basically the crux of it to me is Carson Wentz has three months in Indianapolis, the place where he wanted to go to prove he's, he can still be a top shelf starter in the NFL. It's an 11-win football team there, though, Johnny, from uh, this past season. They're, I've got to believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I've got to believe they think Carson will be the Carson that Philadelphia fell in love with. Yes? Oh, yeah. They, they wouldn't have traded for him if they didn't think he could get back to at least the 2018-2019 level of the quarterback. You mentioned, yeah, they're a playoff team. Uh, but, you know, Philip Rivers played at a pretty high level in his last NFL season. So um, you can go from playoff teams to, to pretty bad, to six or seven wins, if you don't get good quarterback play. And that, uh, I, I think, was an important part of this deal from the Colts' perspective, is to put in that safety net in case things go poorly, they can just move on and go to the next option. And that that's uh, what things look like from their perspective. So Carson's going to have to perform. And as I said, he's going to have that essentially three months, 12 games. And it's going to be clear after 12 games 
Uh, are the Colts a good team or are they a bad team? If they're a bad team, they'll just pull the plug on Carson Wentz. Football 24-7 with John McMullen. Well done, Johnny Mac. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Krause. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.